Alright, welcome to Podcasting is Praxis, another episode from the recesses of quarantining. Uh, it's just one of the few things we can do to sort of uh, not be super bored and pretend that we're doing something productive. Uh, my name's Elijah, I'm here with uh, James. Hello, the original one. That is true. Seb? Hi there. And Jamie? All right. All right, so that shouldn't get too confusing because we've got a James and a Jamie. <laughs> we've had worse. We've had multiple James and one before. Yeah, I had to come up with nicknames that time. How's everyone doing? How's everyone uh, coping? Yeah, about as well as I can be, I guess. Any any good uh, games to recommend or pastimes or activities? I'm still working full-time, so nothing new, I'm afraid. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I too am dedicating the full amount of my work hours that I'm meant to be while working from home. Now say that again with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah, we've just been um, consuming news all day, every day, 24-7, because there's not much else to do. So what's been going on? Well, quite a big week, really. E- everyday updates about something or other. Um, Sadly, yeah. <laughs> There's no joke. Here, I mean, just sadly, it's just—it's never the good update, is it? You know, all the all the bad things that you don't want to happen happen. All the good things that you do want to happen don't happen. Uh, Johnson's out of the ICU. He's not, in fact, dead. Joe Biden is still alive. Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race. It's just—it's. It, it, I just want to win. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely one of those weeks that could it could have been helpful, but no. Yeah. All right. Shall we get started with the Labour leadership results? So who's whose favourite candidate won? Nobody's. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, correction. The Tory party's favourite candidate won. Um, Yeah, probably. I don't know. Okay, so what's the big problem with Keir Starmer then? I'm not a Labour member. I haven't been super involved. I've kind of zoned out uh, since the election in december so what was the problem with with starmer why are people upset about the outcome i mean i think it's basically just that it's at best a return to millibandism which didn't didn't win the last time they tried with original ed flavor um and it it seems unlikely to inspire either better politics this time around or a better result this time around um and I think that was reflected actually in like the voting tallies as well, because quite literally the, the candidate with the most votes was did not vote, which is always something, you know, indicative about the quality of the candidates and the campaign overall. Just, you know, if more people decided to go, eh, whatever, then it's it's quite damning of the, you know, the whole uh well organization in general, just because nobody really stuck stood out well Keir did have a smashing result fair props to him but yeah like if more people knew they had the vote and didn't vote then that's pretty bad in terms of you know democratic participation and enthusiasm isn't it well I mean it's hard it's hard to get enthusiastic about a novelty dog toy who's also a knight of the realm (laughs) (laughs) you can definitely picture him with a nodding head going oh yes (laughs) (laughs) oh I meant he's just really fucking squeaky he's like the worst public speaker I've ever heard yeah he also looks very rubbery 
I've 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 commented on that before. He looks like a glazed ham being rubbed up against another glazed ham, and it's like squeaking because it's so glazed. Um, <laughs> super high energy here. Um, now, I mean, as like just to sort of play a little bit of not quite devil's advocate, but as someone who who is not a Labour member, uh, has not really been very involved in any of the candidates. I I I didn't have a favourite one. I kind of I saw them. A lot of them worried me for different reasons, but. On the face of it, Keir doesn't seem to be quite as bad of like a sort of um, neoliberal uh, secret agent kind of thing, like he's going to undermine the entire party. Um, so what's actually the worry there? What What's the reasons why people uh, on the left of Labour are not too happy with, with Keir? It's two things, really. First of all, he's just electoral poison. Do you know what I mean? There's if if the big problem Labour has, if everyone's to be believed, is that we've lost fucking working man or whatever. The 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 Brexit voters in the north. Yeah. Starmer was the architect of the Brexit policy, which probably contributed most to the election loss last year. And he's just a pound shop version of Blair, really. Like people do you know what I mean? The working class aren't really going to be given to, to trusting them at all. And he's just it's like the press are all sort of like ambivalent about him at the moment because there's no real sort of threat. But you know what I mean? It's like when when the time comes, if if they decide when the when the next election rolls around, if they decide there's no real danger from him, then they'll probably give him an easy ride. But you know what I mean? That that'll be as much because he's not going to do anything useful if he does win, as that they don't feel threatened by him. Do you know what I mean? He's he's just and also like yeah, he he might not be a huge like he might not be advocating for like huge neoliberal policies right now, but he's just he just gives the impression of being a complete fucking windsock. So if anyone anyone in his orbit tells him, you know, that he should like uh, bring back the controls on immigration mugs, he'll probably do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like windsocky, but the point is that you know all of the the actual good stuff that made it into conference last time or even into the manifesto like it that's maybe not going to get pulled like obviously pulled back but it's absolutely not going to get like pushed forward in any way so it's just going to be floating off into silence and then yeah settling into sort of things that his cabinet picks now enjoy and since they are sort of uh picks from the the center of the party and like legitimately the center of the party um but then sort of a lot of the the secondary minister posts have been you know the 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 major right wing uh you know sort of ones that were always um obstructing uh the, the actual left wing policies and stuff like that it's just yeah what what's likely to actually end up getting pushed is definitely like a, a retreat from the left-wing stuff that was that Labour Corbyn was actually going for and so yeah it's just the sense that that even if it's not going to be like a major hardline push there's just not not going to be anything no space for the left-wing policies again because like um, Rebecca Long-Bailey is still in cabinet but in education and so that's like just just not one of the big big ticket type things like okay you can go against academies uh, and hopefully they will but you know it's not like abolish eaton it's going to stay 
in the actual sort of headline <laughs> manifestos. So it's just like mm, disappointing. His first act as leader was to get his wallet inspected by Boris Johnson with his offer to work <laughs> together on coronavirus. Yeah. So yeah. It's I not, mean, it's not looking good. I mean, he, he's, he's the kind, he, he, he entirely looks like the kind of prick who's never had to make a difficult decision in his entire life. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's a sir. He, he used to be, what, chief prosecutor or something? Head of the CPS at some point, I think, yeah. He, his entire life, he's just had to turn up and depend upon, like, you know, the, the mediocrity of white men to fail upwards. So I don't see him being a particularly great leader. No, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see what actually comes from uh, Starmer policy-wise, because I haven't really seen too much about it. As far as the, the Boris Johnson wallet inspection, sure, it's not ideal, it's not what we want, but you can also imagine very easily if he turns that kind of offer down, the press has a field day, you know, about how the the um, the traitorous Labour leader is refusing to work for the benefit of the country. Um, I'm more upset about the we're not going to do opposition for opposition's sake. That one, that's a pain in the fucking hoop. Just this controlled opposition like the Dems do. Like, what is the point even? Oh, we're not going to just oppose everything that well that's your job yeah i mean like his his strategy is definitely to play up the loyal part of loyal opposition and that's always going to be a problem some people might like it because it's this you know big-brained responsible adult type thing but that's a fairly niche sort of um thing i think that's 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 not going to appeal as much that's not going to have as broad an appeal as the type of strongman politics that Johnson's going for. So, so the people that he's appealing to with that kind of adult responsible sort of centrist politics, they're more likely to be swayed by Johnson anyway, if he's going after swing voters, right? If, if, if it's this middle ground voter who you think is a, a, appealed to on like a personal level by the characteristics and, and sort of responsibility that they imagine the leader should have, like not on a policy level, but on, I trust this guy. He, you know, seems smart. He seems reasonable. He seems to know what he's doing. That kind of person is probably more likely to vote um, Tory. If you're, uh, if you're trying that approach, it's, it's not going to be better than what Johnson does. He's, his appeal is entirely to the worst kind of like fub P melt cunts who would vote for like an embalmed corpse. If it was in a nice suit and had a good haircut. Do you know what I mean? There is literally no point in appealing to those fucking idiots because they they're the they're the kind of dipshits who have absolutely no stake in politics whatsoever. Like whether do you know what I mean? Like whatever happens, unless it's like left wing like policies, they're going to be completely unaffected by it. So they'll always like you know what I mean. They'll quite happily stand by and cheer on fascism because fascism isn't going to raise their taxes slightly or make them feel bad <laughs> about the fact that they like have more money than everyone else. Do you know what I mean? He, he appeals. He appeals directly to the kind of fucking dipshits who are clapping out the windows to support the NHS. Do you know what I mean? Like, Aww, let's, show that, let's show them. <laughs> let's show that Britain. Let's show that Britain supports the NHS, which is exactly why they voted for the fucking Tories last year. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was, it, it does fucking nothing, but it, it seems good. It makes a good sound. Oh, look how everyone's clapping out the windows. The British, the bulldog spirit, we're all together. Like, you know what I mean? We, we'd, we'd not be in anywhere near as dire straits if the NHS hadn't been, like, underfunded for the past decade. 
and then you know being like shafted by PFIs for the decade before that as well. Yeah, your ideal labor leader, your ideal opposition leader would would be every day banging on about how the Tories have underfunded the NHS and how this is entirely their fault, how they try a failed herd immunity strategy for the first like fucking 10 days that's going to kill thousands and thousands of people. Uh, but he's not, but, but no, that's just opposing for the sake of opposing, you see, and that's just petty and childish. And we yeah, don't because do that, that in grown-up that politics. Sort of thing, that sort of thing draws attention to the fact that like the country's been, been run badly for like 20, 40 years and that everything is like everything that's happening that's bad is completely preventable and it's the fault of the people who voted for the like previous 40 years worth of governments but mm-hmm. you know he appeals directly to the kind of person who doesn't like to be reminded of those facts and just you know wants things to go back to go back to normal go back to when when things were sensible when we had adults in charge yeah. when when they didn't have to hear about how that the, their like apathy at the ballot box directly contributes to the death of thousands Mm-hmm. He's playing into the the concept of you know like the clinical opposition. So he, he's hoping to like get a bunch of nice reports about underfunding in various areas and why it's like definitely definitely the Tories' fault, and then point this out to them, and then suddenly everyone claps and cheers, and then he you know uh, gets to be prime minister kind of thing. And it's it's not it's not actually an effective method of opposition. Yeah. Keir Starmer's leadership, if you want a preview of it, will be The Guardian saying he did really well every week at PMQs, but nothing <laughs> actually changes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, honestly, it wasn't really a shock. I don't think anyone reasonable could could, could have been like, oh my God, really? Rebecca Long-Daily didn't win? Um, that's not even a name. It's Bailey. <laughs> sorry, Bailey. <laughs> He's got three fucking names. I've got four of them, but you know, I can only remember so many. Um, the the but but also, I didn't really give a shit about anyone else. Like Lisa Nandy was funny because of her obsession with towns and wanting to like send the tanks into Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, but, that was not the best. I mean, thing. that was quite funny, but but no. One... I mean, I think I think Nandy would have been worse than Starmer because she would de- she would have like fucking controls on immigration mugs, t shirts, posters, like a fucking sitcom. Do you know what I mean? Just a full range of controls on immigration merchandise, like a, a, a twelve picture twelve picture license and deal with Disney the works. Do you know what I mean? On day one, so it, it yeah. could have been worse, but. Starmer's just the least inspiring person on the face of this earth. Like, I don't know. I mean, I tried. I watched some of the interviews with uh, with Rebecca. Uh, who else was there? Was the Richard Bergen was, was he was running for deputy? He was running for deputy, right? I can't even keep them straight. But it, it just it, it they were all boring, and they all just seemed like bad politicians. And that's something that I think was really noticeable when everyone in labor went really, really quiet when the pandemic started. Like they were unsure of what to do. And for like two weeks, we didn't hear a thing. And we're like, sure. Okay. It's, it's, it's the middle of an election, but this is the perfect opportunity to, you know, make your campaign stand out from anyone else's. You come out the gate with a good policy, with a serious reaction to this. And no one did. And I just think they're all, they were all terrified. They didn't know what to do. Are they, not 
have the courage of their own convictions? Do these people lack faith in in their own beliefs and ideology? It it, it just it, it it's just the kind of thing that you you see it happen. You're like, well, you clearly don't give a shit. So why should I? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't reassuring, like at all. Do we have any clue what policies are likely to remain? I mean, probably the most important would be the Green New Deal stuff. And does care has care voiced any opinion either way on that? I mean, if he had, would you have retained it? Probably not. <laughs> no, well, I mean Ed Miliband is actually now back in cabinet, and yeah, he's like a business secretary or something, and that is the Green New Deal area. So he he's got fairly good environmental cred. Like it's it's not going to be stripped back just to you know sort of uh, carbon trading, or whatever. Um, you know the the actual sort of neoliberal uh, green responses, but yeah, like the whole you know green industrial revolution type thing where you know we we close all of the uh you know the military uh engineering works and repurpose them to make solar farms and things like that that's absolutely gone <laughs> i mean what policies what policies like the the labor party under Keir starmer does or doesn't have is largely immaterial because there's not going to be an election for fucking ages unless something like drastic happens and it where if there is an election he's not going to fucking win it because there are tins of beige paint with a sad face on it that could get a crowd more energised than that. <laughs> on the subject of drastic things happening, then, I take it this one doesn't count good enough? I mean, I can't see, I can't see how coronavirus leads to an election unless all of no. the MPs die. I, I'm very cynical about this, and uh, I do apologise for the, 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 the somewhat doom podcasting over here. But I think between Brexit, the delay on Brexit that, that this is going to um, lead to this current pandemic and the pandemic itself, I don't think Labour has a fucking whiff of government for 10 years, maybe. Um, I, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if the Tories didn't come out of all this um, much stronger, even if just because Labour doesn't really have a good answer to all the issues with their demographic and the demographic's not changing fast enough. I mean, the thing is, if like millions die from coronavirus and then millions die from like a no deal Brexit, I still can't see anyone being like enthused enough to vote for Starmer. He's just so fucking bland. And if both of those things happen, we'll be up, be beyond electoral politics anyway. Let's be blunt. <laughs> but do you know what I mean, though? He's just, he's so, I can't see him winning a fucking election at all. Do you know what I mean? If like, if it within a leadership election within his own party, fucking. Corbyn won like two leadership elections within the party by like fucking record landslides and the party was just incredibly enthusiastic for him and he had huge crowds everywhere he went and he still lost like two elections so I can't see fucking Keir Starmer doing anything at all he's just completely fucking and the thing is it's just going to be so like people are just going to forget who he is by the time there's another election he's he's just so utterly useless yeah and and i don't think i don't think we're going to make it to another election without like the the worst parts of the plp whispering in his ear and him just sort of like folding immediately like a house of cards and agreeing to everything they suggest it's not like the left have literally just gone uh out of labor though they haven't been you know banished to the four winds just yet like it's taken a heavy blow absolutely and you know they're trying but they don't have control of the, the the PLP still has too much control. Yeah, yeah. There's all those issues. Basically, they have to fight twice as hard now to get half as far. 
um, which is always going to suck. But, you know, that that are attempting to change much more of the political culture inside of Labour. Um, would have been great to do that, you know, sort of three, four years ago. But, um, you know, plenty of them I are think, committing I think to it. I think missed the window. With Corbyn stepping down, there's no one, like, you know what I mean? If did not vote was, like, the highest, you know, uh, the best candidate in the in the leadership election, I don't think, it, like... You know, momentum can can put forward all these emails and say, "Oh, we need to vote for this. We need to like stand for this policy." But people just aren't going to bother to engage. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if the membership drops off sharply. Yeah, I think that's inevitable. Um, but hopefully, they you know don't just give up on the left entirely. There's plenty of other avenues for it. It's just uh, trying to shape them and direct them into useful stuff. And I mean, um, the pandemic is going to massively present plenty of things with things to do just you know if you cared about housing policy then plenty of that around to uh actually try and keep people in their homes um plenty of opportunity to try and uh you know make demands about rebuilding the economy because that's going to have to happen so yeah like it's um it's just it's sad that it's no longer so obvious to do it through the labor party because that's not really going to happen but you know I don't want to sound cynical, but I think what's going to happen with the pandemic is there's going to be a bunch of left wing organizing around like taking care of people and fundraising for like uh, things. And just, you know what I mean? A lot of groups are going to put in a, a lot of effort to help save the like people of the country. And then it, all the credit's going to go to like the government because the papers will just like trumpet about how their excellent response like saved the day. That's my that's my worry. I think the pandemic is going to strengthen the Conservative government. And if it doesn't, then we're also shit out of luck because the timing for Corbyn's tenure was just in came at the worst possible time. Um, he drew the shortest straw from what? It, it's like a joke thing that they do every time there's a, there's a leadership election. The, the left sort of uh, faction within the party would just run a candidate that would normally lose. And then he just find himself in power. And then Brexit happened and just the worst conditions around, you know, that type of um, pitch for governance. And if if Labour does manage to capitalise on the effects of the pandemic being so bad that even like mild leftist stuff like like, you know, neoliberal Labour policies would be seen as, as, as having a positive impact more so than, than they normally would. So, so uh, Starmer and the centrist group might actually reap benefits in, you know, um, in terms of their policies, which wouldn't be enough, but they would look better because the new normal is going to be a lot worse than it was before, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get you. And it's, it's obviously a risk. But I mean, like even the Financial Times is saying stuff like things have to change. Um, and so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean a full retreat, even if, yeah, like the the actual social fabric of the UK does still exist enough that people are actually taking care of each other. So yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, it's a live issue currently, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, my, my prediction is a general falling out with electoral politics, but a strengthening on the, on the ground in mm. like locals, so grassroots and stuff like that. Um, hopefully anyway, um, yeah, not to get too much into an autopsy of the Labour Party, 
Uh, I'm curious to wait and see what the policies are and how how long this controlled opposition thing does uh, pan out for. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to get a lot worse in a week or two in terms of the death rate. Uh, Absolutely, so we, yeah, we, we might see. Still, I think. So. Yeah, we might see Labour stepping up their efforts a little bit. So, but who knows? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so about the pandemic. You know, I've heard a lot about this on the news. What's this all mm-hmm. about? <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. I haven't left the house in about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So Johnson was in the ICU for what three days, um, and now he's out. He went in Sunday, and uh, we're recording this on Thursday, and he just got out. So four nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four four nights. Um, but so that means that means he didn't really need it though, because normally I think when you go into the ICU, you're there for at least a week if it's serious. If you have to be hooked up to like a machine for your breathing, yeah, with a tube down your throat. Yeah, but he wasn't vented, which is the issue. So, so he he was just taking up a bed, just because. Well, potentially. I mean, like, um, I don't know the exact rates of you know if you if you do go to the ICU without it. But yeah, he'd been taking up a bed, but it'll have been a bed in a private hospital. So whoever he was taking it from probably deserved to die anyway. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no no ICU beds in private hospitals. Um, they're too risky. Yeah, they cost too much. They cost too much. They just farm it out to the NHS and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like every single private hospital in the country w- doesn't have like an emergency department for the specific reason that there's no money in emergency treatment. And they'll always be close enough or perceived to be close enough to um, be able to get somebody into an ambulance and bundled off to the actual NHS emergency departments if anything they do goes wrong. I mean, it's uh, it's not out of character for our um, our elected leaders to to be complete um, shit stains when it comes to this. They've just awarded themselves an extra ten thousand pounds. Yeah, to, yeah, for moving um, costs, which is weird because nobody's meant to be moving. <laughs> uh huh. And have the have the NHS workers been given a raise? No. Have they? No. Fuck. <laughs> they haven't even like um done anything around like the immigration policy as well like all, all of the key workers on minimum wage that you know are not british citizens or whatever um no matter basically i guess they're still technically under risk of um being like deported if um their paperwork isn't 100% sorted out because they won't meet the particular um thresholds that uh, the the tiered uh, immigration system or whatever is doing and they rather than just keeping it cool they decided it, uh, that you know the home office decided to put out just a um, a, re- a reiterating of the policy new guidance or for the you know the employers and stuff and it's like christ guys no. <laughs> yeah let's remind the people actually doing all the work keeping the rest of us looked after and fed that they're not welcome great plan yeah yes is horrible, bluntly. Like, yeah, the the actual essential staff and have just not been adequately compensated or protected. Um, and yeah, like, th- there's lots of things to fight for, but hopefully that's one of the lasting memorable things that comes out of it. You know, like a- at least the news is being relatively good in this that it is you know mentioning when doctors and nurses and things like that are dying and uh, 
you know, do, doing better than Matt Hancock, who wasn't entirely sure how many nurses had died the first time he got asked and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, there's a couple of things that people are clocking on to, right? Like, um, just you can just write off the NHS debt. You can just do that. Billions of pounds, it never mattered. Uh, we've been running these services dry ragged over the past 10 15 years just for for no good reason um, they haven't actually written off the debt though have they no it was a, a loan to equity conversion um <laughs> so you, you know what that means my brain even just in melted a, when i heard that yeah <laughs> even in emergencies you can't let the balance sheets get out of order everything's got to be double-end bookkeeping and all of that stuff and it's just like yeah for fuck's sake you can you know sort of issue out a couple of billion pounds of grants and loans to whatever but no you can't actually forgive anything for the nhs it's all got to be financial trickery Uh, yeah but the larger perception is that there actually is money for this stuff right everyone's talking about oh the, the tories have found the magic money tree and the the Chancellor comes out twice a week and says, oh, there's, there's, uh, there's more thousands and more millions for this and that, and we're going to um, dole it out. And uh, people might start wondering, well, why can't we do this all the time? And that's where Labour really needs to hit. Um, and I don't know if they will. Uh, is Starmer a deficit hawk? We'll have to see. Well, yeah, uh, couldn't, couldn't answer that. Um, and we will have to see. I mean, like, it's, it's going to be weird if you know like on certain points the tories do actually manage to attack labor from the left in terms of you know actual support for people and businesses but depending on what kind of scheme uh they labor comes up with it, it could happen you know like there was um that case uh, i can't remember it was before corbyn but only just beforehand where there was this particularly viciously um like horrendously bad benefits cap that the Tories were really pushing hard. And then whoever was, um, you know, sort of de- uh, stand in uh, temporary leader of labor at that time said, Oh yeah, no, we support the cap. It's good, good business. Uh, it's, you know, good for the, the country or whatever bullshit they were using at that point. And then the Tories eventually sort of like very quickly um, stood it down. Cause it was like, actually, no, this is way, way too excessive. Even we can't get away with this. And it was just like, Oh, for God's sake. I remember the days of, was it Harriet Harman as interim leader? Yeah. I mean, it was that period. It might've even been her. Um, when labor were just abstaining on all these welfare votes and all these benefit, uh, policy votes. Mm, yeah. Um, to, yeah. We may not be straying too far away from that, which it, it, given the situation and the, the massive need to, well, you know, keep people with incomes now more than, you know, even, well, yeah, literally more now than in 2008, really, because we've got the recession going on and uh, we've got the, the actual uh, serious health implications of, yeah, having to go out. So it's bad news. Yeah, I mean, people now are still, we're still seeing articles about how we have to lift the lockdown, it's irresponsible, how many people have to die for the sake of the economy, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, all that terrifying Malthusian uh, shit. But uh, US unemployment is at 10 million. Yeah. This is, this is large, uh, this is one of the biggest high points. Um, the IMF AIDS requests are bigger than during 2008. The 
large financial crisis, um, new types of debt relief are being talked about. This euro bonds thing is going to come back. Uh, it's 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 flailing, and as this gets worse, um, I think the danger is that we'll see some kind of Strasserism type policy emerge. Well, yeah, I mean it's a a definite threat. It there uh, there has always been, you know, the well the the nationalisation, the you know the the one nation type approach where you do do things for national um, infrastructure and do do things for what you consider to be your people. But obviously that comes with obviously very well with, with the far right uh, policy type uh, proposals, then yeah, very specific categories of people who don't do that, don't receive any benefit and obviously get persecuted. So like, I mean, it's, it's strange that, currently the the sort of mood feels perhaps less receptive to that but then yeah it, it could easily come roaring back certainly here i think give it a week or two uh and see the death spike and we'll have to see whether, whether the tories are um human somewhere and can be scared into extending the lockdown reinforcing it and passing some actual policies that will keep people alive <laughs> And if I understand right, they have to do something by next Thursday. Either they have to extend it or end it um, from the original, the law that put it in place in the first place. The deadline would be Thursday to do something. Uh, but yeah, the, there's regular reviews they have to do. But I guess until they come up with a genuine kind of uh, exit proposal based on uh, adequate testing and uh, other controls and stuff like that then yeah it, it's probably just going to get extended i would imagine we're probably not going to get out until um well let's say end of may at the very earliest but even then it won't be like a okay everyone's allowed to do everything again it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be a, an unwinding process so Get locked into listening to podcasts, everyone. You're going to have time. <laughs> so they're still, uh, despite denying that it was ever their policy, they're still going on about herd immunity in some areas. I saw something earlier today on the uh, the Home Office passport um, issuing people. I will be told you must go into work. Um, you're all going to get it anyway, so why bother taking any precautions? Oof. God. By well, they were... an official advisor <laughs> announcing it. To God. It was the 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 plan for a bit. There was we were going to get those antibody tests, uh, yeah. and then everyone who's uh, and then everyone can test themselves. And if you've had it, if you've got the antibody, then you must be immune, and therefore you can go back out, right? So people would have little, uh, um, yeah, you'd have passports saying whether you're immune or not, and you can go out and do stuff, um, which would work technically if the tests were working. <laughs> Which they're not. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very typical headline for this government. Is like millions of tests ordered, none of them work. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they at least have the sense not to pay for them until they were proven working, but I doubt it. I, I mean, it's very typical, actually, of this government's uh, response plans. Like, we know ventilators worked. Did they order any? No. 
do we know any of these tests work? No. Did they order lots? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, the difference there is whoever makes the tests will be mates with like someone in government, and whoever makes the ventilators isn't. Well, the ventilators are being made by all sorts of people, including BAE and so forth now, so you'd have thought they'd be lobbying for everything. At one point, weren't they talking about giving the ventilator deal to Dyson? Uh, JCB yeah. as well at one point, because a company that makes big diggers can clearly make small ventilators as well. Mm-hmm. Stick some eyes on it. Vinny the ventilator. Uh, your... <laughs> okay, but if that's part of the Henry the Hoover range, I'm all on board. <laughs> Going off onto ventilators and terrible companies for a moment, did you see uh, what Tesla had tried to do? I think it was last week. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. I don't know if we've covered it before or not. I'm not completely up to date myself, but um, if I've got the details right, uh, Tesla said, "Yeah, we're giving uh, thousands of ventilators." And one, they weren't ventilators; they were second-hand six-year-old CPAP machines, which are the opposite of what we want in this case. <laughs> People oh, went yeah. out and found the the manufacturer of them. Said, "Yeah, these aren't ventilators." <laughs> Someone went and found the actual bulk listing of we've got absolutely fuck tons of these. Here's the price of them. And it turns out that the exact number Tesla provided, which I think was 1,255 or something, happened to be almost exactly a round number of money. (laughs) So they just went out and spent X X hundred thousand dollars on second-hand, not-the-right kind of machines. Right, the PR budget's got, you know, $40,000. Go, go do something good with it. And yeah, they just uh, yeah. did the division um, and put it into eBay and came back with these CPAP machines. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I don't have all the details at hand because I forgot to look this one up in my homework, but I remember it from, I think it was last week. But yeah. I, I remember something along those lines. That sounds very on brand. It's so Musk. I'm just imagining him sitting on the toilet, scrolling through eBay on his phone. And be like, oh yeah, <laughs> let's get that one. Uh, he's got, I love his like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give you this tech thing that will solve the problem. Like the super submarine for the, the, the kids in the cave in Thailand. <laughs> Just wait until he accuses some chief medical officer somewhere of being a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> On a uh, slightly lighter note, um, only slightly, but you know, the, what we can get in this, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You've all heard about what's happening with Airbnb, I hope. As in, they're going completely and utterly down the pan. All of their landlords are going bankrupt. I mean, it, it was unavoidable, but it is funny how these two major things have just got such strong housing components to them. Like, um, obviously, because it's a huge part of the economy, but it's just like, oh God, so so <laughs> disasters immediately rolling out. Um, I mean, I, well, I, I guess this is better this time because while people might be losing their homes as a consequence there'll be landlords and so they don't camp exactly they're not their homes <laughs> it's not your home if you don't live in it yeah both the airbnb people and landlords in general freaking out about this is absolutely fantastic this is the first time that they've ever had to um actually realize that when you do an investment there's a certain level of risk associated with it and you might not always make a return on that investment but they're so They've been propped up for years in a way that just lets them have free money by owning something. And 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 they can't seem to understand that 
all their rhetoric, all, you know, the people who talk about, I'm a serious businessman making serious investments with my portfolio for my property for, for you know, money. Well, you, you always talk about how there's a risk. And that's why, you know, capitalists and CEOs and entrepreneurs get the largest share of the wealth because they've put the, they've actually run the risk. They're the ones who've put their wealth on the line. Um, so, and lo and behold, it turns out that risk is actually a real thing, and maybe yeah, you will lose your money. Who? I, mean, I think be the surprising. psychology here is slightly different, though, because like if you're if you're well, even if you're like flipping houses, you know, buying it, doing it up, selling it for more, then then yeah, you're like just you're you're definitely doing an enterprise to actually you know do make money. There's risk involved. But home ownership is so lionized in this country and it's usually so involved with like, um, you know, morality, like you, you were the diligent mm-hmm. saver, therefore you have been rewarded with homes and then they've just rolled that on to their second and third homes and apartment buildings. So like maybe there's, yeah, it's, it's not treated as like a, 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 you know, a business venture, it's just rewards for frugal living or um you know having your house bought by your rich parents and whatever um Mm -hmm. and so yeah there's this sudden psychology shock where it's like oh shit i'm actually part of the capitalist market system this is all going wrong (laughs) yeah it's good it's it's one of the reasons why i'm slightly optimistic for the future i think people might uh start clocking on to a lot of these sort of superstructure issues that people like us tend to point out uh normally but that takes a bit of a squeeze maybe to get other people uh, to register. I'm not fully up to date on that, but I think there have been a bunch of at least local level rent strikes and so forth that have actually been working as well. I don't have any details, but... My favourite one was the property company in the US that emailed all its uh, tenants saying that they still have to pay rent, but they forgot to BCC it. They forgot to do like a... a, a... (laughs) A hidden mailing list so every single tenant got a full list of addresses of every single person <laughs> that rents from that same company which is the hardest part of organizing a rent strike and they just handed it to them on a plate oh <laughs> uh, yeah nice good work good work yeah, that's good all right anyway um anything else big that happened um, I think we're going to skip U.S. politics, leave that for its own episode because that's huge. Uh, so keep an ear out for that one uh, over the coming weeks. All I will say on the matter of U.S. politics is Joe Biden looks like he knows his way around a sex crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, love to be the editor. Um Oh, well, no, God, it's going to be Jamie again, isn't it? <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Uh... <laughs> We're doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much everything that's been kind of going on at the at the top of our mind brains. Uh, Remember we'll be when we used to tell for... jokes on this podcast? Yeah, we used to. Yeah. Oh, God. Before times. I'm just, when we could see I'm the just sun. really hungover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which seems to always be the case. I need to schedule that a little bit, a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so we'll be waiting to see uh, some policy developments from Starmer's office. Um, we can probably make some more concise judgments within 
the next week or so. And we'll be waiting to see uh, when the inevitable increase in COVID-19 cases comes in a week or two, um, wh- whether we're going to be going towards reasonable policies to safeguard people uh, or whether we're going to have a frightened reaction um, uh, doubling down on worshipping the number uh, and the market. But in the meantime, uh, I have put together a new game. It's a it's a variation on commenter commentariat. Uh, this one was more fun because there's no actual commentariat involved. Well, it's definitely an improvement. <laughs> they were always the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> Any part of the world with less commentariat is a better part of the world. <laughs> so this one might be a bit more fun. Right. We're calling it Guess the Press. And I have collected Facebook comments from five different uh, media outlets, five different publications. I'm going to read the comments out to you one by one. And your job is to guess which publication they come from. Which page are these people commenting on? Okay? Okay. Does that make sense? Right. So I'm going to read the comments out one by one. And if you can guess what the publication is before I have to read out all the comments, then that's like bonus points or something. Sounds good. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Right. So uh, first publication, uh, comment number one. I am most concerned... I am most concerned our legitimate PM was killed and Rab orchestrated what is effectively a coup. This is a scary period where, in addition to a health crisis, we may be facing a social military crisis of first order. (laughs) Oh, I already love this game. (laughs) This paper should investigate urgently if our PM truly died, if he did, if COVID was the true reason. Any guesses (laughs) as to what publication that Facebook comment appeared on? The Express. (laughs) Nope. All right, moving swiftly on. Next comment. David Icke is an absolute hero, showing us what the royal family are, a bunch of shape-shifting reptiles. (laughs) No, not the male. Um. (laughs) What's the the more out there one? Star. (laughs) It's not the star either. (laughs) People have the ability to make up their own minds about issues like this, David Icke, 5G conspiracy. To stop thinking out of the box is to bring in fascism. So it's definitely not the Daily Mail, because they'd be celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the Mail. They don't have hurrah in there anyway. Um, God. Spectator? Nope. Who's going <laughs> to okay. do an article on, like, David Icke? <laughs> or maybe it's not and it's just the facebook person going completely insane <laughs> well he did make it into the news recently for spouting nonsense on live television or something yeah uh, um oh, right. okay okay um next on. comment there are around one hundred fifty thousand doctors in total in the nhs this article shows around 10 so far who have died of the of this virus that is one out of fifteen thousand people it is not great to see doctors dying, yet it must be noted that this risk seems low compared to the general population. <laughs> uh, I don't know which publication it is, but fuck its readers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A- uh, any guesses before the last comment? No, go ahead. No, no if you can't get after file, you- okay, so last comment. I absolutely agree that nurses and care workers deserve more money. However, this question raised cannot be answered now. The government are holding up thousands of people financially. Let's raise this question when we as a country come through this and the consequences to the, to the economy. The most important question to be raised right now is, what are we doing to keep these angels safe? 
Okay, that's uh, been five comments. London evening. Can anyone? Standard. Nope. Damn. Getting closer. No that was the Guardian. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Those are all comments from Guardian readers who follow and like the Guardian on Facebook. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, this this is a whole new kind of ball game. Like, the, I, I'm loving this. I think this is uh, this is great fun. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, n- next one. Um, <clears throat> this one should be a little bit easier. First comment, Mistress Patel must be obeyed. The vicious nutter is at it again. Whoa! Imagine being quarantined with that. <laughs> Sorry, um... that, that's like a Rick Mail line. <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses? I don't think you'll get it. No, go ahead. No, okay. Second uh, comment. So I've 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 just put in this paper instead of the name of the paper that was in the comment uh, to not get away. So this paper should be more respectful of our first minister and stop referring to her as Sturgeon. Anyone? I still have no clue. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just gonna no. pick the express and see what happens. No, <laughs> it's not the express. Didn't expect uh, it would be, but it's a little bit niche. But everyone should be aware of this paper. Uh, oh, right. it's not Farmers Monthly again, is it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if is it the uh, Scottish Sun. No, it's not the Scottish Sun. Closer. Um, third comment: When are you going to stop telling lies and intentionally scaring the public? Every death in Scotland since February has been attributed to COVID nineteen. At least two thirds of the deaths were from different causes. You are not helping anyone, including yourself. So it's definitely a Scottish paper, then. Mm-hmm. I don't know the names of enough Scottish papers. I'm not Scottish enough. <laughs> All right, next comment. Let's see if anyone... Uh, they don't need more money. They need less and do more work for the people who put them in office. Learn from Nicola Sturgeon FM. Don't be a useless drain on the country. Be like Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> so that, is that person criticizing MPs in general? <laughs> yes, this was uh, on, on a story about the 10K raise. Maybe they're not uh, terrible, I suppose. Is it the Herald? Nope. Closer. The Scotsman? Uh, no, I think the Herald and this paper actually share a physical office space. Um, all right, last comment. Bloody cheek. Is that all they're saying? Oh, we deserve it. No, they bloody well don't at all. It's NHS frontline nurses, doctors, in-house workers, carers. They are the people who should be, should be getting £10,000 each raise. Not those bloody unionist MPs, fat bloody lots good they are as they are the cause of virus and austerity killing thousands of people as they haven't noticed we do. As they haven't noticed we do? Yeah, it's a weird disjointed experience reading Facebook comments <laughs> out straight. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know any more Scottish newspapers. So no, no, do I. Did we have the it's, National? It's the National. Yeah. i, yeah, I got to be honest, go. I, I've been Googling. Just- <laughs> ah, Scottish paper. I thought that might be an easy get because you know uh, not many other papers are going to have such adulating comments about Nicola Sturgeon. Yeah, no, our downfall yeah. is just not knowing Scottish papers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dear. Unfortunately, your your candidates here are all English. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Well, you should have a better time with the rest of them. Yes. Uh, com- okay. Uh, next publication. First comment. Doctors have not had a good relationship with government for some time. When doctors went out on strike, they forfeited their right to pass judgment on others, in my opinion. The Guardian. What? No, you've had The Guardian already. <laughs> you can have it again. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, the Daily Telegraph. 
No, close the though. Su- the Sunday Telegraph. Nope. All right. No Kindness. comment. The Sunday wow. Times. Wow, that's a lot of the hate. Observer. <laughs> the Observer. Wow, <independent>. that's <laughs> Daily Mail. Give me a second. Mail on Sunday. Nope. Just Daily let me read the next one. Wow, that's Sun. a lo- wow, that's a lot Daily of hate. Mirror. I didn't bother reading it. He's one of the good guys, and most of us know it. Otherwise, Labour voters like me wouldn't have put him where he is. And that's about Boris Johnson. Daily Star. Nope. If you put Boris Johnson where he is, you're not a Labour voter. Fuck off. <laughs> yep. Any guesses? Uh, it's the mail. Nope. It's a shame we aren't allowed to talk about having a different healthcare system model like, oh, I don't know, Germany. Instead, people treat any criticism of the NHS like blasphemy. It's a cult. <laughs> what haven't we guessed that we actually counted as a guess? I don't know. I've gone through, I've gone through the entire Wikipedia entry for a list of newspapers in the United Kingdom. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, um, No, God will get us through this. That's how he's got so many angels working for him in hospitals, stores, emergency services, and, and truckers. He's just giving us a warning. <laughs> at that point, haven't you got a very large proportion of the country is angels, not humans, if you're taking that literally. Pretty much, yeah. Someone guessed this publication in like the first round of comments, but it wasn't the right one. Um, right, I've got the last one, and you should definitely get it. Is it the mirror? With this one. It's not the mirror, no, but you, you should definitely get it with this one. It's so funny when people who have had nothing but a socialist education try and get involved in religious discussion, as if Marxism isn't a fairy tale. The Morning Star. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> think of that... Think of that combination of like smugness and reactionary uh, attitudes t- to socialism. Come on. Spiked online. No, close. Spectator? Yep. Hey. That's <laughs> the spectator. Uh, well done, the NHS, and God has. Bless you, Boris. Hope your family are all well. That's in all caps. Now take it steady and get strong again. We need the PM you have started to become. The male. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> started to become after these all these months. He's only still starting to become. Yeah, that was yeah. that was it. It was almost criticizing previous policy, and then only saying he's he's improving over time. He's almost to PM quality, which yeah would have been weird. You got it in one. Even a full-on Boris lover couldn't actually call him good there. Yeah. Um. I thought this one would be fun. There's a couple of there's a there's one more religious one, uh, like you know, super up on the god. Uh, there's one about how uh, because Prince Charles and Boris aren't dead yet, the whole thing must be a hoax. Um, <laughs> what? One comment takes the piss out of uh, the New York death rate and has a dig at Governor Cuomo. And then the last one is my favorite one. I'm developing tears in my eyes with joy at this news. Lovely, beautiful news. X X X which was about Johnson being released from ICU. Ah. <laughs> the Daily Mail for you. Okay, last one. I'm going to go through all the comments because this is fantastic. And I really hope you get this one because uh, I'm proudest of this one right here. Is it the Express? Comment number one. Nope. <laughs> um, not trying to be insensitive, but isn't that how all hospitals work? You wait when someone dies and then their bed and equipment is used on the next patient. What am I missing here? Oh, right. Fear and panic over the only thing that seems to be killing people right now. 
all other diseases and illnesses have miraculously disappeared. Okay, next comment. 14,831 total deaths attributed to CV-19 in the US this year. 88% false positive. Maybe it's time to wake up, America. Is it the Lincolnshire Echo? <laughs> it is a British publication, not an American one, right? Because it is a, a little American-focused. It's a, it's an international oh, publication. I know, I know. The Ilford Recorder. <laughs> Where is the civilization and technology? Allah, God, have the highest technology. Coronavirus is one, the technology that human can't stop. Sunderland Echo. <laughs> Let's be more precise. The elite cabal moved out of America around 2008 and decamped into China. The elite's plan all along was to bankrupt America and have stated this after backing the wrong side in the American civil. You could say it is revenge. Don't blame China. They will do the same to them. <laughs> Sorry, did it, did it genuinely say the American civil? Not even American yeah, civil yeah, war. Yeah, whoever wrote this forgot to type war. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we forgot the war. <laughs> okay, last comment. Jesus, <clears throat> I've got no idea. Selenium immune booster intakes trebles in South Africa because of COVID. I just spoke to Howard Armistead, the president of the Selenium Research and Education Center and CEO of Sam Nutritional Products CC in Johannesburg. The Teasdale Mercury. <laughs> the Scarfolk Annual. I definitely should have had one category for like local news. Uh, that's usually where the most deranged shit happens. But no, can anyone guess what publication all these comments are on? You'll you'll groan when I tell you. Is it the Financial Times? Nope. The Economist. Nope. One more guess. The Hearn Bay Gazette. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One more serious guess, and then I'll tell you. The Huddersfield Daily Examiner. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Times. Look, close the Wikipedia list of really obscure <laughs> local papers, please. <laughs> Make me. <laughs> Are you just reading through all the local? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the really shit but massive Washington paper called? Uh, the Huffington Post, you thinking of? No, I mean the shit one. Uh, well, the shit one. The shit one. Yeah, like uh, the Washington it, Times and the no, the New what? York Times and the New York Post. The Wigan Observer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, wrong country. It's the other hegemon. These were all comments from, uh, from Withenshaw World. <laughs> it's not Russia today. It is. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Russia today is fantastic. It's a hotbed of conspiracy lunacy um, and just w disjointed, weird, bizarre comments on One any of kind of topic. My old housemates used to use it as his main news source. Well, he sounds like a winner. Uh -huh. Interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have watched a couple of episodes of the Alex Salmon show. It's really funny. <laughs> Trying really hard to be affable and personable, and it's just not really coming off. Yeah. Co-hosted by Tasmina Ahmed Sheikh. <laughs> Did you get like weird. a double bill of Alex? You know, Alex Jones and Alex Sands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alec meets Alec. That would be a good uh, pitch for a show. Well, that was a, All right. a fun new game. I like that. Yeah, I quite enjoyed I, that. Yeah, I thought that was fun. It's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't realize, or I didn't think about. You know, that it's. It's often 
the absolute like nutters that just um you know like the guardian thing threw me utterly yeah i thought that might um i thought the male and the spectator would would be easy ones to get turns out the uh, commenters on all mainstream media include some really weird people <laughs> yeah <laughs> that it does all right um yep. i think that's us then Yep. yep, yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, go out into the world of ship posts and be brave. Uh, don't be the weirdo on the Facebook comment section. Don't go um, out into the actual world. Stay safe and look after yourselves. Yep. <laughs> no, stay in and be and the weirdo in the uh, PraxisCast uh, follow list on Twitter. Oh, yep. So, at PraxisCast... I believe. Yeah, that's uh, the main one. And uh, <laughs> shit, what's our Follow me handle? at PC Socialism. Uh, if you want to uh, tell me off for being hungover again, you can find me at, at Klezmer Rouge. You can find me at uh, Brovine of Board, although I almost never say anything, so probably not worth it. <laughs> well, thanks for the heads up. And uh, Jamie, do you want to plug your, uh, your uh, super hot take machine? Uh, no, I'm avoiding Twitter at the minute. Oh, did you get banned again? <laughs> Not yet, but <laughs> <laughs> only a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks uh, so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for helping. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode and uh, enjoy quarantining. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone, Goodbye. for tuning in. And yeah, hope to speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.